the dark angel, Aaron Baker. Azuk, Troy Zucalato. Executioner Johnny Morant. The current WBF champion Gary Stridham. Welcome to the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship. I'm Vince McMahon, standing alongside the Golden Eagle, Tom Platt, as well as Bobby the Brain Heaton. Exactly what can we expect here tonight, Tom? Well, Vince, we've got 12 of the most unbelievable bodybuilders in the world, on the face of the earth, for that matter. They're competing in the second annual World Bodybuilding Federation Championship. In fact, we've got Hollywood film and special effects, the major set changes and of a major Broadway play. In fact, We've got an unbelievably entertaining event for you tonight. It is an art form combined with a sport. It is the World Bodybuilding Federation. And Bobby Heenan, this is your very first competition. And I'm excited, McMahon. Every seat jam-packed, they're hanging from the rafters. They're jammed up at the door. Everybody's dancing. Special effects is more muscle back there than I've ever seen. I'm ready to have a pose down right now with you. Or Frank. We'll wait a little bit later on. Right now, let's get the festivities underway. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is a Retro Wrestling Podcast Extra. I'm your host, Intern Alex, joined as always by nobody this week. It's just me, Intern Alex. We will resume the Retro Wrestling Podcast next week with our review of Halloween Havoc 1999. But for this Retro Wrestling Podcast Extra, I decided to take a look at A Vince McMahon creation that was not the WWF or the XFL. I did it in honor of the reboot of the XFL that took place this past weekend in 2020. No, I decided to look at the World Bodybuilding Federation. Quick review of the XFL, though, before we proceed. It's okay. It's a lot like the NFL. I think they've changed some things for the better. I think it's going to succeed as a spring football league. They did very good ratings. Nothing as bad as the original XFL went on. It was covered by the major sports networks. It was aired on prominent networks. I think this XFL is going to work because there's a number of players out there that don't have the opportunity to go to the NFL, and this gives them an opportunity to play professional football, even if it's for a very minimal, minimal amount of money. We'll see. The Alliance of American Football didn't make it through its entire season, but the XFL? Hey, maybe, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we will get to a championship game for the 2020 version of the XFL. No, instead, I wanted to take us back to the early 90s and Vince McMahon's creation of the World Bodybuilding Federation. You see the International Federation of Bodybuilding, the IFBB, is the standard, the top tier of bodybuilding. I know nothing about bodybuilding, by the way, but the IFBB is apparently the league. It's the UFC of bodybuilding. It's the MLB, the NBA. It's the top tier of bodybuilding. So in 1990, Vince thought, you know what? I can do that. Vince McMahon, a big fan of 
very, very muscular men wearing very, very little. Vince McMahon being a bodybuilder himself, being on the cover of Muscle and Fitness here just a few years ago, in his elderly age, this guy has always been obsessed with bodybuilding. He thought, you know what, I can do a bodybuilding contest better. I can bring sports entertainment to bodybuilding. In 1990, rumors started going around that he was going to start his own bodybuilding organization, but he kept saying, no, I'm just gonna make a magazine called Bodybuilding Lifestyles. And he hired a guy named Tom Platts, who we'll hear from later, to oversee the publication. So they rented a booth at the 1990 Mr. Olympia contest in Chicago. They rented a booth under the presumption that we're just going to announce a magazine. Unbeknownst to the IFBB, Platts decided to announce the new dawn of bodybuilding. They were so upset that Tom Platts did this, announcing a rival federation that he was given a lifetime ban from the IFBB. At the end of the Mr. Olympia competition, the booth handed out press releases announcing the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation's formation. The press release stated that the WBF would revamp professional bodybuilding with dramatic new events and the richest prize money in the history of the sport, and also that Tom Platts would be the director of talent development for the organization. This happens in September of 1990. Well, January of 91 rolls around at New York's Plaza Hotel. Vince McMahon officially unveils the WBF, reveals that they've signed 13 competitors, many IFBB regulars, to long-term contracts including Aaron Baker, Mike Christian, Vince Comerford, David Durth, Barry DeMay, Johnny Morant, Danny Padilla, Tony Pearson, Jim Quinn, Mike Quinn, Eddie Robinson, Gary Stridham, and Troy Zuccolato. They were dubbed the WBF Body Stars. You have the WWF Superstars, and you have the WBF Body Stars. The first competition aired on June 15th, 1991 on pay-per-view from Atlantic City. Regis Philbin was brought in to co-host the event with Bobby Heenan and Vince McMahon. Bobby Heenan, who had never called a bodybuilding show a bodybuilding competition. The show got met with mixed reviews because critics said Vince's attempt at developing characters for each body star went against Vince's promise to keep professional wrestling out of bodybuilding. To promote the show, the body stars and the superstars appeared on some Family Feud episodes. McMahon brought in top nutritionists who advocated a more Cato-type diet. The result left much smoother and less ripped competitors than had been at IFBB shows. The first weekend in February 1992, McMahon announced the ultimate personal fitness weekend in which fans could visit WBF headquarters to learn and train with Gary Stridham, Mike Quinn, Eddie Robinson, Jim Quinn, and others. McMahon also made a deal with Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk himself, to bring him in as a competitor. He was billed as the legend Lou Ferrigno and a contender for Gary Stridham's WBF championship that he won at the first competition. As the appearance date approached, McMahon and Ferrigno couldn't reach a final agreement, and the appearance was scrapped. The June 13, 1992 competition was broadcast live on pay-per-view from Long Beach, California, and Lex Luger, yes, Lex Luger was scheduled to participate on the show as a guest performer, but got into a motorcycle wreck before the event. He instead got interviewed via satellite during the pay-per-view instead. After the event did very poorly on pay-per-view, Vince McMahon called the owners of the IFBB, and told them the WBF was disbanding. A short time later, coincidentally, Vince McMahon was indicted on charges of distributing steroids to professional wrestlers. So, timing was everything for the WBF. Because Vince McMahon was about to be on trial for steroids, and here you are promoting a bodybuilding competition where 
it's to be assumed that a lot of these guys were probably users of steroids, allegedly. So for this review, I watched the WBF Championship from 1992, the one I just mentioned, from June 13th from the Long Beach Convention and Entertainment Center. So before we go any further, I was aware of bodybuilding competitions. I had seen them on ESPN, but I had never actually watched one. I don't understand it. It's not something I'm into. It's a very niche thing. I know pro wrestling's a very niche thing, but bodybuilding even more so. I think people that are into bodybuilding are probably bodybuilders themselves because I it's just something I don't understand. So this show will be very clip heavy with clips from the show because there really isn't I don't know even the muscles that they're supposed to be showing off. I don't know the names of the poses. I don't know any of that stuff. And I also don't know how they're judged. And this pay-per-view did little to help me understand that because there was no scores given. There was really no explanation of the scoring system. It was sort of bizarre, really. It was it was an exhibition. And I dare say, I think it might have been predetermined, much like the WWF. It's the 1992 WBF World Bodybuilding Championships from the Long Beach Convention Center. Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan, and this time Tom Platts, they couldn't get Regis for this year's action, are here to call tonight's event. Vince says it's an art form combined with a sport. Sounds familiar. Sounds like sports entertainment. 90s dancers do a routine before Mean Gene Okerlund is introduced as the host. Gene says the joint is jumping, or should I say pumping. Gene says the Phoenix, Vince Comerford, is recovering from pneumonia, I'm sure he was, and won't be here tonight. And also, Lex Luger, who was going to be a guest poser, had a motorcycle accident and can't be here. So instead of being here, we go to a pre-tape from Lex Luger, which is supposed to be live on satellite. He's in a hospital bed, and he's not 100%, and he knows that the body stars are relieved he won't be there because he would put them all to shame. Gene makes a joke about the bedpan that falls flat. Lex, I told them to fix that Uh, AC. Lex. This doesn't work. What is going on around here? Lex. Yeah, yeah, Gene, I hear you. This does work. You know, Lex, uh, what, what happened? You look awfully banged up. How do you feel? I am feeling a little bit better, a little scraped up. Not 100% yet, but I shouldn't. I'm in a hospital, for God's sakes. But what I do feel is a gigantic collective sigh of relief from all the WBF superstars combined that me, Lex Luger, won't be there guest posing tonight because if I was, obviously, I would blow them all right off the stage. But I do feel an obligation, however, to all the millions of fans tuned in, those there at the arena in a packed sold-out house who were there to see me, Lex Luger guest, pose that I am on the road to recovery. I mean, just look at me. Even in a hospital bed, I look better than anybody there. But I want to watch the show. I mean, I need my pillow fluff. They keep on giving me these stupid bed pans. <laughs> They, they take your temperature the wrong way here. I mean, uh, all right, where's Lex, my please, chicken Lex, breast, my fluffy white rice? We're going to have mean, the suffice to say time. that from all of us here in Southern California, we've really got to sympathize with you. I, I just can't imagine that a cold bedpan would feel good no matter where you are. <laughs> I guess you had to be there. Our first competitor is Major Guns. No, not from WCW. Major Guns, Eddie Robinson. A promo video shows him in his military gear building a big-ass gun, like a Rambo-style gun. I don't know what kind of gun it was. He comes out with this big-ass gun, and the tiniest Speedo, of course. 
Before he can get down to the business of posing, he has to kill ninjas with his gun. That's right. Something I don't think you'd be doing today uh, after some events that happened around uh, September 2001, I'd say, is when you bring a gun into a theater and start shooting. I know it was a fake gun. You get what I'm saying. So ninjas try to attack major guns here. But he shoots them all down. Then he sets the gun down and does very slow poses, which then gets up tempo. Robinson then grandstands and hot dogs after his routine is done. Then he has to pick up his gun and kill some more ninjas on his way out. This was probably the most sports entertainment presentation of any of the bodybuilders, and it was right off the bat. A guy in a commando suit, Sergeant Slaughter style, comes out kills ninjas, and then poses. Uh, it didn't get much more campy and crazy than this. I know there were other gimmicks tonight, but this one was probably the most outlandish and probably had the most money behind it because they had a lot of extras as ninjas here. The next contestant is the Jetman, Tony Pearson. He has a Top Gun gimmick. A promo shows him getting into a jet and then not actually flying the plane, but they just spun the camera around his face with the helmet on, so it looks like he's flying, I guess, and he shoots down a bogey. I'm going for firelock. Bingo. Control, bogey's down. I'm headed for home. He's a hero, too. So we have two war heroes back-to-back -back here. In America's War versus Ninjas and America's War versus a random airplane. Tony then comes out totally drug-free, according to Vince, as I guess Vince knew what was around the corner for him because he stressed this all night. Completely, totally drug-free, Tony Pearson personifying the World Bodybuilding Federation. This is what it's all about. Look at that back. Like <laughs> drug-free. These guys are drug-free. They were tested. Everything, everybody here is clean. Well, Tony's wearing a pink Speedo, and he's directed out by a woman with the orange runway cones. Yes, he himself is the airplane. He did not get an airplane into the convention center. I don't know what this move is called, but Tony does a move where he can suck his waist completely in. Almost, almost so far as it sticks out the back of him. It was insane. I don't I don't know. I don't understand how this was possible. He's posing to his own rap song. That's right. He sung his own rap song. Well, he didn't do it live, but he had it on tape, so he had some other talents as well. Vince reiterates, not a steroid in his body. Then we go to an ad break, because we're watching this from the YouTube version, which is from Sky Sports, which advertises Muscle Night. Saturday is Muscle Night on Sky Sports. And you can see a selection of triceps, biceps, deltoids, and traps as the athletes pump, oil, and dance their bodies to be overall winner. Watch Muscle Night, Saturday at 10, on Sky Sports. So I guess Body Stars regular night of the week on Sky Sports is also coupled with some other bodybuilding shows. I didn't know there were so many bodybuilding shows. Now the next competitor, Mean Gene says... 
Unfortunately, ran into some trouble getting here tonight. He was arrested. Mighty Mike Quinn. He was not arrested for steroids. Instead, he was put in a straitjacket and locked up, which is not where they take you if you're put in a straitjacket, but okay. Quinn slips out of the straitjacket, takes the jail door off by his muscles, assaults an officer, and then leaves in his Speedo because it's body time. He comes running into the arena and is criticized for looking soft by Vince and Tom Platts because he looked better last year. Well, yeah, he was much better last year. He's uh, pretty soft this year. I think he had some problems. He was drug-free for this competition. Maybe last year he wasn't. He tries to lip-sync to his own rap, too. Strippers come out and rub on him a bit, and then... They do a routine, a little dance. Mike had a really awesome mullet, by the way. He really didn't do a lot of posing in his routine, though he was the first guy to sign a contract with the WBF. In an interview I found online, he said he got $375,000 for two years and got drug tested for this second show, so he was clean, and people said he was washed up after it. He was also mad because Lou Ferrigno got $750,000 and never even had to pose. The cops come out at the end and try to arrest Mike Quinn, but he rams their heads together, assaulting two more officers. So, another very non-politically correct routine here in 2020, assaulting officers. Vince McMahon's 2020 version of the XFL would not like this at all. David Durth, the wild child, is next. And since his name is David, they gave him a David Lee Roth gimmick. His promo video is him on stage not playing the guitar while someone else sings. He just kind of pantomimes playing the guitar. David's mullet, even better than Mike's. He has a guitar with a sparkler on the end of it, just like Double J Jeff Jarrett. Except his doesn't just spoot out a few sparks. It actually is like a legit sparkler. It goes on for a minute or two. Then he goes into a slow routine. He has crazy quad muscles. I googled him and David Durth unfortunately passed away in 2019 at the age of only 56. Gene introduces the next person, Iron Warrior Mike Christian, who was forged from iron, I guess, as his promo video plays that just shows molten steel. Tom Platts doesn't think so. He says he's a little flat and soft. Tom Platts even says he's had a hard time getting off the steroids. I thought he looked fine. He was a smaller guy, but he was still jacked. Up next, the giant killer, Danny Padilla. He has the best promo video of all, where he walks through a forest on his way to kill Paul White, apparently. No, not that giant, just some other random giant. He's only 5'2", so Vince's obsession with height was still going strong back in 1992. In this video, he stomps the giant's toe and causes him to fall to his death. That's right, he stomped his toe. Danny comes out looking for giants, can't find any, and poses next to giant mushrooms. A very, very phallic-looking object to pose next to. Vince is like, He's 41 and he's drug-free. This is what you can do when you're drug-free. Danny's dancing is actually pretty amusing here. Mean Gene interviews Danny, and Danny says, I almost won it but he doesn't know if he's lost yet. How does it feel, Daddy? Oh, this is it. This is the day of my life, the WBF Championship. I almost won it, too. I'll tell you what. Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe this guy has. I gotta tell you. Or has he? I don't know, because there's no scores, no updates, no criteria about anything that's happened so far tonight. But then, as he's talking to Mean Gene, the giant, who we thought was dead, comes out, and Padilla slides under him, smacks him, smacks him right off the stage, steals his hat, and poses some more. Up next is part man, part robot. He didn't buy his suit off the rack, folks. 
It's Jim Quinn. His promo is a shitty Terminator thing where he's designed by a computer, like the old WCW Saturday Night intro. In 2020, he's a personal trainer. And I'm not sure Jim Quinn got tested before this one because he is massive. His routine is done to a robot voice. He picks up the pace. And he, he did fine, I guess. Another Muscle Night on Sky Sports ad. Now there's a prejudging recap. Why do they prejudge? How do they prejudge? Do you win in the prejudgments? Is this just for show? What is this? Never explained. Just a prejudging recap. Indeed, the symmetry round and the compulsory round held earlier on this morning. An opportunity for the judges to be able to really determine whom they feel should be the top five. Matter of fact, all of the placings. The judges really scrutinizing, Tom, each individual in comparison to the other. Most definitely, Ben. Some of the things the judges are looking for is size, of course, cuts, vascularity, density, symmetry, of course, and shape. Well, again, this was held earlier this morning, and you could see the various call-outs the judges would have done, indeed, comparing and contrasting one individual to the other. Up next is the ladies' man, Barry DeMay. This dude's legs are also crazy. He can shake them. Uh, he shakes the fat of his legs and then can sculpt it. It's a very strange thing. But his arms are too small for Vince's taste. He does not like his small arms. In 2020, DeMay works as a photographer. Mean Gene gives him an interview and he struggles through his English, because he's not from America, and he has to go take care of some business with some ladies. So he goes to the back and shares some champagne with the lady, which I don't show him drinking because he's a bodybuilder. He's not drinking that. Might be drinking some IcoPro, though. The next competitor is billed as a superhero, Aaron Baker, the Dark Angel. No, not Ricochet, not the Hurricane. Aaron Baker, the Dark Angel, a superhero. Gene reads over comic book stills of him, which are actually pretty cool. He's a Dark Angel because he's black, I guess. He comes out in a cape and lots of dry ice. Vince calls him Sculpted Ebony. This is... Sculpted Ebony. Ah, look at this. This guy is now involved in a ministry, not the Ministry of Darkness here in 2020. Aaron was one of the few bodybuilders here that I did find some evidence of him doing some pro wrestling, which I was surprised that none of these guys ever made it into the WWF, even after Vince's steroid trial. I guess that was the big deterrent. And also, they could probably make more money bodybuilding and since pro wrestling's all about cardio, these guys would blow up in the ring if they were ever to try it. I mean, we've seen it happen before with guys like Brockus. I watched an interview that Aaron did with a guy named Rick Drayson from last year, and he seems like a really nice guy. He did not look like he was 60 years old. His routine was actually pretty good and got the crowd to cheer, which was something I didn't hear a lot of throughout the night. And all he did was pose. He didn't do a lot of goofy stuff. So kudos to Aaron here. I thought he did a pretty good routine. Nice guy. Primetime wrestling ad plays to a generic 1966 Batman theme ripoff. Complete with the pals, whams, and bams of Batman. The Zook. Troy Zuccolato is next. He's got a lifeguard gimmick. He was featured in some 90s TV shows like Doogie Howser and Full House, usually as... Bodybuilder. His video is gals putting suntan oil on him. Another lifeguard rescues a woman from the ocean, but he's too weak to save her, so Troy gives her mouth to mouth and brings her back from the dead without doing chest compressions. Merely just him kissing her brought her back 
from the dead. This is not how to do CPR. Don't learn CPR from WBF 1992 championships. The woman that he saves asks, how could she repay him? I suppose she means sex. I suppose he wants some sex. He comes out to the stage with the woman from the beach. Bobby says, I love a happy ending, as Bobby had to empty his joke book tonight. Tom calls him soft because he was sick before the competition. He poses to a woman asking him to show her something harder. Show me something harder. (laughs) Bobby remarks about his thong. It looks like he's wearing a slingshot. Then Gene introduces the executioner, Johnny Morant. His video is really dark, and he apparently decapitates someone. He comes out to the stage where women are being tortured. He kills the guy torturing the ladies with an axe to the chest. Heenan says he's never seen a show like this, which is hilarious, coming from Bobby Heenan, who's seen a man getting thrown through the barbershop window, who's seen a man... Bite another man with a snake. I mean, yeah, okay, Bobby. You haven't seen anything like this. Tom says he could be a little harder. Heenan says if he was any harder, he'd be a freeway. But up next, what we've all been waiting for, the reigning WBF champion, Gary Stridham. Gary's promo has him confront a Hispanic gang. He says he doesn't need drugs and he gets high on life. I want to talk to you guys. So... What do you need, homie? You want something? Yeah. Like what? Like some. Drugs? (laughs) Yeah, man. What's up? Something to get high. I don't need drugs to get high. I get high on life, man. (laughs) You need to know that, man. Uh, All right, right. So what's up with the ride, you say? Yeah, homie. Yeah. How'd you get it? See, if you want one of those cars, you need success. Because with success, there are rewards. Yes, sir. You could have one of those cars, too. You got to get off the street, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, how do you build a big body like that? Yeah, so, well, just to put the body in there. Like this? Man. <laughs> Hard work and dedication. Just like anything in life. You want it, you got to work for it. What's the secret? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just find him secrets. Yeah. He tells him to get a body like his, you have to work for it. Then it's clips of him working out and going to autograph signings. Tom Platt says he reminds him of Arnold. When asked about signing with the World Bodybuilding Federation back in the day, Stridham says, I have no regrets. It was a business move. What would you do if a work opportunity was proposed that would pay you 12 times as much money with one-tenth the workload? It was a three-year deal with guarantees. So, Gary Stridham, no regrets. No goofy stuff for Gary's routine. Very normal. Believe in the 91 championship he had a top hat and a cane and stuff none of that this year he tries to lip sync a few one-liners in his music but he fails he can't sync them up and he reminds us it's 1990s by saying it's too legit to quit now we go to a lex luger pre-tape of him posing for a photo shoot for a fake playgirl magazine then he's in a photo shoot with a bunch of sports equipment for a fake sports illustrated then he's on a fake Time Magazine cover as Man of the Year. But those are all substandard. He wants to be on the cover of the WBF magazine. He would not be. We go back to Lex at the hospital. Lex tells a nurse he wants to watch the pose down. Now it's time for the top five to go to this pose down. What is the pose down? It's exactly what it sounds like, folks. Five guys just posing. Over and over again. And I guess that's how you determine the winner. I'm really not sure. 
Aaron Baker, David Durth, Barry Dumay, Jim Quinn, and Gary Stridham are all selected to participate in the pose dance. They're the top five. Sean Mooney, his one job tonight, interview the losers. They just say they'll be back. And he totally skips over Danny, the giant killer, and another guy. And the pose down starts between the five finalists. The spotlight in the camera does not follow this very well. It's very hard to keep up. I, I rarely... I rarely want a split screen, but this would have helped this pose down. Stridum cheats. He goes out into the crowd and poses with the fans. Mean Gene then thanks USA and Sky Sports for airing Body Stars. Then we get a cameo from Cameo. Not the band, but the lady that hosted Body Stars comes out. She says she can't pick a winner. Thanks. The final five come out one last time. Fifth place goes to David Durth. Fourth was Barry DeMay. Third was Aaron Baker. Second was Jim Quinn. And the winner, once again, is Gary Stridham. Tom Platts calls Gary Stridham the total package, and Bobby says, no, that's Lex Luger. Pyro goes off, and we are out. The WBF Championship, the final one. The still, in this day, in 2020, the reigning, defending WBF champion, Gary Stridham, wins again following his win in 1991. This was a very strange show to watch because, like I said, I'm not familiar with bodybuilding. I don't know what to look for. And also, if it's supposed to be a sport, where's the scoring system? Where's the updates? Where's the, oh, it looks like they might be winning. What What's going on? Why is there pre-judging? Why, is it, why isn't there post-judging if there's pre-judging? The whole thing was very, very strange. You had all these bodybuilders with characters, but yet they some of them got promo time, some of them didn't, so it really didn't work. You had Tom saying guys couldn't adjust to being off steroids, which, I mean, and calling them flat for not being on drugs. And then you had Vince proclaiming everyone's drug-free, but clearly some guys were not. I don't know, but it certainly seemed like some guys were and some guys were not. In fact, I think Mike Quinn was very upset. He felt that Gary Stridham was definitely not tested before. This whole thing felt rigged. It felt like a work. It didn't feel authentic as sport, and that's something that you can't do in this sort of arena. You can, I guess, but it's not going to work with people that follow bodybuilding. People that follow competitive bodybuilding want competitive bodybuilding. They don't want the WWF. And people that watch WWF don't want to see competitive bodybuilding. So you can't take the WWF or the WWE and make it into actual sport with, like, rigid rules, timing. I guess you could, but it'd kind of fail. It'd fail because that's not what we're used to. Just like you can't take competitive bodybuilding and turn it into a fake sport. (laughs) And if you even call bodybuilding a sport, you can't turn it into a gimmick because... That's not what the the core base, this very small base of fans anyway, is going to want. So this thing had no opportunity to succeed. I already mentioned the fate of the WBF. It went under. Vince gave up on the project. He did keep IcoPro, the supplement he created for the WBF. He kept advertising that through, through like 1994. Those banners were still hanging up on Raw. Even at the 20th anniversary of Raw or whatever, there were IcoPro banners hanging up. So... That's about the only thing that continued. That and Lex Luger were the two things that continued on in the WWF 
following the WBF's collapse, then most of the guys from the WBF had to beg for forgiveness from the IBFF and get to go back to their bodybuilding ways. I wouldn't suggest watching this. Even if you're into competitive bodybuilding, I don't think you'll like it. It's two hours long also, and I sat through the whole thing. It took me two times to sit through the whole thing, but I finally did it. It took me even longer to sit down and record this review, because it's just, it's just bad. It's just really bad. Bobby Heenan is probably the best part of the show, and that's just because he doesn't care. He doesn't know anything about bodybuilding. He's just telling jokes. Mean Gene is out of his element. Vince is in his element. I mean, Vince is in love. Tom Platt's in his element. These guys at least know what they're, they're talking about, I guess, but they don't offer any scoring. They're not judges. They don't offer... They don't call moves. You know how Vince doesn't call wrestling moves? He doesn't call poses. Do poses have names? I don't know. So the WBF 1992 Championship gets a thumbs down from me. I'm not going to rate it on our typical review scale, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of your way to find this one. This one's best left buried. This There's a reason the WBF body stars and championships haven't found their way onto the WWE Network. Well, that'll do it for this week. Next week, we will return with our Halloween Havoc 1999 review. Another bad show. I'd still rather watch that than this, though. And that will be our next episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. In the meantime, you can go to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com and catch up on all of our episodes. We've got like 160-something at this point. Go back through the archives. You can also go to Powerslam.tv, use the promo code RetroWrestling and get a month for free. I'm Intern Alex saying, as always, bingo bingo. Very strider, ladies and gentlemen. Performance capacity climb. Great chest shot. Whoa. Very strider. <laughs> Look at yes, that. My goodness. Look at this. The world bodybuilding federation champion is Gary Strider. Unbelievable. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5 $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.